Hey Tasmania, get crazy because the Rewind 80s Mixtape Tour is coming to your area of planet Earth. Saturday, April 6th, Launceston, Theatre North. Sunday, April 7th, Hobart, Theatre Royal. We'll see you there. And Melbourne, you can also get ready to dance because we're at the Hallam Hotel the 2nd of March, 2024. Tickets are all selling fast. Get your tickets on rewind80sband.com. Episode tonight, very all the way special. From New Zealand, Sammy's on tour. I know, so surreal. So many stories to tell. I bet there is. You know, um, yeah. How's your week been? Not too bad. I've started my new job. It's going really well. I'm, to be honest, I can't stop thinking about you and all the fun you'd be having. But uh, yeah, you know, but. A, a, a large part of me would rather be on tour. <laughs> Look, mate, a huge – I had the guilts yesterday. It's a big thing, you know, like, like you know, I just saw Jim Kerr in the fucking reception, you know, just on his own and we had a chat and you, you're hanging out with all these amazing artists that you do – because it's my first sort of big one – you do feel a little bit guilty about leaving everyone behind. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. I, I yeah, had a bit absolutely. of a meltdown yesterday, and Maddie just had to get me a champagne because I was like, oh, I feel like I'm not, I'm not sharing it. You know? And Maddie's like, well, it, and then the boys are like, oh, we've got imposter syndrome, and I'm like, what the fuck's that? It's kind <laughs> of the same thing where you think, what the fuck am I doing here? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, um, let's. We, we've got a really exciting show coming up, guys. We've got some very special guests that we're mm. going to be interviewing very soon. Uh, but first of all, I'm Jay Jovi. I'm Sammy Hardon. Welcome to the 80s montage, folks. Yes, welcome. This week, this week's uh, episode is a bit sort of uh, bit generous. Basically, it's going to be favourite 80s tracks of the rock stars. And you'll mm. see what we mean a little later. 
Um, when we when we chat to our guests. But uh, in a nutshell, Semi is away on tour in New Zealand at the moment and she's with uh, none other than Sudoeco, her her band, Sammy and Maddie's band, uh, led by a very good friend, Brian Cannum. Uh, and uh, on the bill as well is Simple Minds, Texas, and uh, Collective Soul. Collective Soul are actually a, a 90s band, but they've got – sort of massive 80s connections as well. So we're going to talk about that very, very soon, folks. Yeah. So very, very exciting. And that's right. And and Collective Soul were the first guys we really resonated with when we were in the tents backstage, which right. yep. I kind of thought might happen. I wasn't too sure whether we'd get straight in with Texas or Simple Minds, but the girls from Simple Minds are fantastic. Everyone in the team is fantastic, but they went on later than us. So Collective Soul were on after us. So we right. were the ones that sort of generated together at the start. And from that moment, we were inseparable. We were just like, you guys are great. And and the big thing at the moment with Pseudo Echo is Abby being 20 years of age and such an incredible drummer. And she's so gorgeous because she did a big drum solo on the first gig we had in Auckland or Hamilton, one of the two, and she did a drum solo and just started crying on stage. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, my God, you, you she's 20, you know? Yeah, yeah, how brilliant. So we've been sort of looking after her and taking her into town and the boys just love her because she's 20, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah, it exactly right. it is incredible right. that watching a young girl – Obviously, 30 years, you know, younger than I am, dealing with this so well. Like there was one stage in Pseudo where the track just stopped and she turned it on again without a glitch and we all couldn't fucking believe it. Like Canon was like, oh, my God, Abby, that is just so good, you know. So it's been really interesting. Did she just sort of turn the PowerPoint on or something no, obvious no, no, like that? No, 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 no. She just had to find – she just had to take it back on the marker, which was – it's like when you read um, music on a computer, you know, like Pro, yeah, Pro yeah. Tools and stuff. So I know what you mean. you got to sort of find Just something like your, that, like that a 20-year-old might have just lose, lost their mind over. Yeah, you know? yeah. And um, oh, wow. so that was really good. And then – Another, I mean, I can't, I can only remember things in pictures. I've been taking heaps of films yeah. and stuff. But Charlie from Simple Minds, who is the guitarist, has all of a sudden become infatuated with Pseudo Echo and listening oh, wow. to all the, the records and actually came up to Brian and said and, ga- and commended him for all his body of work and stuff. So Brian just couldn't believe it. You know, yeah, because yeah. Paul Bry, even though he's in, an Australian icon, he does cop it a bit with a lot of artists' jealousy and all that stuff. And he's had a shit manager for a long time that sort of told him he wasn't that good anymore. You know, and right. and we've all had that. And now yeah. all of a sudden, it's a whole new thing because it's sort of like family running the band. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was fantastic. just in shock. So yeah. yeah. Things like that. The gigs have been going great. It did rain in Hamilton. So All right. Well, so where did you, where did you guys land? Let's well, start I at need the Maddie here to help me because I can't remember everything. So we landed in um, in New Zealand. What was the first landing? Yeah, 
Auckland. We landed and then we went to um, a thing called Taipo. Tapo. Oh, yeah. Taipo. Like Taipo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taipo. Sorry, folks. Um, Yeah, I don't even think it's pronounced like that. It's it's they pronounce it knee typo or something typo I can't even remember. So we landed there and then we um, did sound check the next day. Yep. Which was around ours got moved to about four o'clock. Um, anyway, so we had a sound check and that was all really really good, and we then basically got fed, went back to the hotel, and then we had to get on at twelve thirty. In the afternoon. Mm. So it was like an early afternoon gig, which is hard yeah, right. because you think, is anyone going to be there and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, yeah. They, it was packed. It was There were thousands of people there. Wow, how fantastic. And we started our, our um, show. We went a little bit long, so we had to shorten the show a bit, but it's really rude to do that, you know, when you've got other bands after you. So yeah, that exactly. that'll happen. But they did the same thing as well. They were like, "Oh my god, it's so easy to do where you can go over too much," yeah. and it went over really well. Of course, Funky Town being the big one in New Zealand, and I think a beat for you is big in New Zealand as well. That charted. So the other stuff they just went with. But of course, a lot of those people would have bought the records, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, brilliant. Yeah. So it's been really interesting. You're kind of playing with the big boys, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Now, was there any um, was there any sort of official meeting of all the bands, or did it? Did you just sort of find yourselves backstage at the gig, and it was quite informal, like meeting each other and so so forth? You kind of. Oh, I can't even remember. I don't think we had an official meeting of the bands. Yeah. So right. The Simple Minds girls watched half of our set the first. Everyone watched each other the first gig because there was yep. an outside area. The second gig, it rained and it uh-huh. wasn't undercover. So you really couldn't hang out and watch the other bands unless you're on yeah. the stage and there's just too many people on the stage. So yeah. we watched all the bands and Simple Minds obviously were last on and they were incredible. Jim Kerr does all the stuff he did when he was in the 80s. Like wow. he's he's um the toe tap and the whole lean with the leg stretch and the he leans right back and touches his head on the ground like he's pretty bloody fit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um That's amazing. and then we spoke to him after the gig and he was speaking to Brian and he said, you know, I I can't understand the accent at all. But he said, if I came to see me, I would want to see all those that stuff I did in the eighties. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, right. Yeah, oh, that, that's um, that's fantastic that he that he realizes that. You know what I mean? I'm, I I love it when artists sort of have a good sense of what their their audience want to see, and they're really mindful about paying respect to that expectation rather yeah, than right. getting all funny about it and running from it. You know what I mean? Well, what he does though is he gets on his knees and then bends over backwards and touches his head. It's like a yoga position. And yeah. um, you kind of think to yourself, wow, did he do ballet as a kid? Or, and he gets asked that a lot. Yeah. But he's yeah. still got the essence of the 
the cat moves and the whole looking through you kind of vibe. He, he, oh, he wow. very much is like that all the time. You know. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So, so, so um, uh, are there? Um, so Jim is from Glasgow, isn't he? He's Scottish, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so are Texas. V- very, very. Oh, they are. They yeah. are. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah so there's right. a whole lot of Scottish flags in the audience. Yeah, fantastic. And um, it's just incredible. Well, there is actually like a large, uh, quite quite a large Scottish population in New Zealand, I believe. There's, yeah. Um, there's actually sort of areas down south on the South Island where uh, they were predominantly Scottish colonies and so the accent, you can hear the sort of Scottish influences in their accent from those particular cities and towns. 100% because the New Zealanders have no problem in understanding the Scottish accent where wow, Aussies just fantastic? don't know where, where we are, <laughs> yeah. you know. And I'm pretty yeah, sure right. I'm pretty sure Jim said to me today something about singing and I yeah. completely missed it. And then when I went home, I went, I think he did say singer. I can't remember. But such gorgeous guys. Charlie, you can understand the guitarist a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but it's an amazing accent, you know. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. Yeah. I haven't met Charlene from Texas. I'm a bit starstruck by her. She's a very powerful force, the old Charlene. God, yeah. I was um, I was talking to one of my colleagues at work today and she's actually a muso as well yeah. um, and in bands and so forth. Yeah. And um, lovely lady called Kirsty. She's probably listening. I was telling her about the uh, podcast today and um, – I sort of went through the list of bands and when I said Texas, she nearly sort of jumped off her seat. Yeah. Because um, she said, I am a massive fan. She said, like, I love, like, even all the album songs and the B-sides and everything. She Yeah. And I was like, wow, isn't that incredible that, like, you, it's um, Texas isn't, you know, you wouldn't think out of all the bands that you could choose from that the person sitting next to you that's going to be their favorite band. So you know it was a it was a real surprise. She was she was absolutely pumped and excited. So oh, Yeah, well that's, that's right. And and they're the ones going down, I guess the best. You know. Yeah, right, cuz they're a surprise. It's really yeah. interesting. Like the media yeah. are loving Texas. Um they've got Brilliant. a female drummer as well and um they also have Oh, two guitarists and a bass and keyboards and stuff. But, yeah, she's a real giver, you know, like she just knows how to get a crowd excited. They started with their hit song, babe. So she comes out and goes, I don't want to love her. And you're like, fuck, that's pretty brave to come out to your biggest hit straight up. Yeah, yeah. But like everything else, when you hear all the songs, you go, oh, I remember that, I remember that, Black Eyed yeah, Boy, exactly I right. remember that. Yeah. And uh, everyone's loving her and Texas. And and Pseudo yeah, are getting a great. really good rap as well. We're getting fantastic reviews. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. So so um, what has been your favourite sort of stage or venue that you've played so far? Oh, Tapo was great. That was yeah. amazing because we had – it was hot and it was warm yep. and we had tents to hang out with everyone. Yep. Um, because we've all got drivers and we're being driven around wherever we want and if you want this, they go and get it for you and stuff. Brilliant. But we could also watch the show side of stage. 
Fantastic. Which we did, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I went out front for Collective Soul to video yeah, their stuff just to show people how many people were there. And that's the other thing. I've been hanging out with Ed, who's the lead singer. Yeah, He's right. fantastic and he just so friendly and his wife was here. She's just recently left to go back. But um, really lovely family and they're, they're like, come into our tent, come in, you know. It's really unusual. Um, they're really, really good. And these guys do 70 gigs a year still, you know. Yeah, right. Wow. And, That's and amazing. And they've got 7,422, oh, sorry, 74,000 people on their Facebook, right? Yeah. That's a yeah. lot of people. Gotcha. Yeah. Look, they were huge sort of uh, in the 90s. When I was in high school, I mean, a lot of their songs were like the soundtrack of my teen years, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, um, I think it was Shine. I remember Shine playing on the radio when I br- broke up with my girlfriend at the time. Right. Yeah. I remember it playing in the background. And um, it was just sort of, just sort of heartbreaking. You know, the, like those moments where you hear a song and it just transports you back in time to a certain moment. That was that was sort of what I'm talking about. Every time I hear Shine, I, I go back sort of to 17 years old, you know, breaking up, <laughs> breaking up with my, my um, yeah. high school sweetheart, so I thought, yeah. You don't realise how big that song was until you do look at your life because I was the same. I said to Ed, I was in Ellie Beach this time that single came out and the punters wanted it. We had a duo, you know, it was my ex-boyfriend and myself. And they're like, play Shine, Collective Soul, and they're really giving us a hard time. We had to go and program it on drums and bass and put it on an MC500 to do the song and George just sang it on guitar and played. And it sounded yeah. amazing. And he said, Well, that's all I used in the studio. Because I didn't give he said it was a backyard demo, Sammy. Yeah. So exactly yeah. what you did was yeah. what it was. And it just It was got a sent big out. surprise hit. Yeah. It was that's it right. was a, a, a massive surprise for everybody. And it just sort of shot them um, you know, like it says online, from obscurity to popularity. Like no one knew them and then all of a sudden everyone knew them. Yeah, how incredible. Yeah, and you do remember exactly where you were when it was released. So yeah. I agree with that because I remember yeah. thinking, I'm going to get killed if I don't play this song. There was an in incredible sort of sound that was very popular in that mid-90s period, sort of when they when they shot up. And um, it's sort of, I guess, a post-grunge sound, you know. You yeah, had your yeah. big... You had your big wave at the very end of the 80s and the early 90s of sort of pure grunge band. Nobody knew at the time what to call them. Uh, and then and then the sound sort of, I guess, softened and developed a little bit and you had like all these amazing bands come out on the other side and uh, Collective Soul being one of them. They refer to it as sort of post-grunge. Uh, collect- I wouldn't say sort of Collective Soul or a, a grunge band at all. But um, And there's so yeah. many members in the band. There's like six or seven members. They're a big band. Yeah. Yeah. And that's they're it. all still well manicured and Ed comes out out there like in a pink jacket and a hat and stuff, but still demands the audience. Like they're still in I think those songs have really stood the test of time live, you know, because even the ballad I hadn't heard for many years and I went, oh, this song's fucking great. And then when yeah. they sang it live, it really 
just a good song and I think Ed just wanted to be a songwriter at the end right. of the day. And then the radio yeah. stations got hold of Shine and it just, you know, did that exact yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, um, w- another sort of fantastic point about Collective Soul is that they've got a, their, a lot of their original members, haven't they? So you've got sort of yes. Ed and Dean, Ed and Dean, who are brothers, and then yep. Will, who's the bass player. And so you've got sort of most of that front line there, sort of still from back in the day. Yeah, that's right. That's so brilliant. yeah, but um, the other the the drummer is Johnny Ra- Johnny Rab. And he is the new – he's been the drummer for over 10 years maybe, but we'll find out soon. And then um, Chani is the tour manager now and he used to be the drummer. So this is right, the interesting okay. thing. They've kept it in the family and they now tour. And it's a big – like they – I mean everyone has their own monitor. They have their own lights. They have their own front of house mm. and bring their wives along. Like this is where people just don't – spare any thought to how much money's been spent. You just yeah. get the gig and that's it, you know. Australia's not good at that. I've, I've noticed we're not good at that. We really like to, oh, we'll just take this and just take that. There's no – they're kind of bigger thinkers, I think, in America. Yeah, right. Yeah. I just yeah. feel like we're always hit around the head. You're not really that good all the time. And I think that's what's challenging for me because – Pseudo Echo was that size in this country, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's just interesting how you can be perceived and how you perceive yourself and how scary that thought is, you know. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. So apart from gigging, what have you guys uh, been getting up to in terms of today, – um, Today we went to the Jets, the, the Jets. Oh, they're on the phone now. So we may as well bust the bust the idea. We've got two guys from Collective Soul coming on the show today. So excited. And they're just on the phone to Maddie and we're going to let them in the room. So they're in our hotel room and they're going to be – we're going to have a chat to them about the industry. Beautiful. Very excited yeah. to speak to them, guys. Yes. We'll, um, we'll sort of take you through who we've got. Uh, in the room as they enter. So they're coming up from the lobby. How exciting. Well, let's see what happens. Maybe on the <laughs> phone. But um, I was going to say we went to the jet boats, you know, the boats who go around the cliffs and stuff. I saw a bit of footage of that. How did that go? How did well, you go with that? Do you know what? I didn't want to do it. And the boys were like, well, we need seven members and you're the seventh. And then we took the driver because um, I didn't want to go on and then I went, well, I'm not going to die. They obviously know what they're doing. So yeah. I went on and I loved it. I loved it. Oh, I thought fantastic. the spinning around in the water was the easiest part. Yeah, right, right. They so, go very close to the sort of to oh, the they rocks, do. don't they? They do. I, look, I was going to shut my eyes when we did the big spin around and then I thought I'll probably be sick So yeah. and I'll probably panic. So I just kept my eyes open and it was fine but – I was mini shitting myself. I'm not good at that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had Abby so next who, to me. <laughs> so you had laughing. Abby, you had Maddie and Mud. And yep. who else? Um, the guitar tech Scotty. Yep. So he was the one really, you know, come on, Sammy, you've got to come on and it'll change your life. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if it'll change my life. But it was it was pretty the scenery in New Zealand is just where did you tour in New Zealand with ten thousand? 
very similar route to what you guys are doing in right. fact. So sort of starting starting in Auckland and then uh, going going south. We were um, sponsored amongst um, amongst our sponsors, uh, Winnebago actually <laughs> sponsored partially sponsored our tour, and um, we had this amazing, incredible big camper that we drove that we picked up in Auckland and then drove, and we sort of. Um, part of the deal was that we sort of document our tour and, yeah. uh, you know, showed off how much fun we were having and, yeah. oh, my God, it was just incredible. We did we did sort of, um, you know, we did bars, we did clubs, we did bigger stages, but we also did fun things like going and doing uh, acoustic sets at wineries and stuff like that. Yeah, where right. It would just be sort of different groupings of, you know, two or maybe three of us getting up and, um, you know, those ones you can do a little bit drunk. So it was <laughs> yeah, fine, you, you know, you'd, you'd do a little wine tour and then you'd sort of get up and do your set, which was a lot of fun. But yeah, um, yeah. and we and we slept in the in the Winnebago um, in this massive big vehicle uh, and got the got the ferry down to the South Island and then did all the South Island. And, and we just, we really couldn't have picked uh, our favourite bit, you know, really couldn't have yeah. um picked what was the most amazing thing. Yeah, no, I, I think um, tomorrow, I think Saturday is going to be one of my favourite shows. The stage looks amazing. And where are you playing on Saturday? We are in Queenstown, which is oh, wow. just out of this world. Like yeah, the view yeah. out of our apartment is just mountains like a photograph, you know. Queenstown is incredible. Oh, yeah. unbelievable. And we just... Went and had a pie by the lake today and the ducks were there and just stuff like that you just love, you know. Brilliant. So you've had um, a good sort of measure of both gigs and downtime, yeah? Yeah, so we've only done two gigs but they were fantastic and then we've had four days downtime. Beautiful. And just getting to look at the country. So it's been a little bit of a holiday. Yeah, know? yeah. Which Raquel really needed. Uh, the you know manager wifey needed a really big holiday yeah. because it's just been so full on. Yeah, the, the, like saying you know we um we did the boats for free today. You know the big jet boats. Is so we right? didn't pay for that. Yeah, so we were organised yeah, as long as we promote pseudo echo on the boats and blah 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 and. Brian didn't end up going in the end and we're like, well, you can't tell anyone when you're wet and your bloody, your hair's blowing in your face anyway. Yeah, So we yeah. went down there and they were as happy to have us, you know, which was great. Let's That's play fantastic. some music and I'll find out what's happening with uh, the boys. With the boys. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be back soon, guys. You're listening to the 80s Montage.
Pseudo Echo, a beat for you. So the boys are 10 minutes away. Brilliant. Yeah, so that'll be fun. And um, we're going to be talking to a couple of the Collective Soul boys and um, it's going to be fantastic because they're really good storytellers and they've done so much in the industry. A lot of drummers are going to love this show. Yeah, a couple of, we've got a, a couple of drummers basically. That's it, like world-class drummers, which is awesome. And mm. uh, so what else can I tell you? So it's weird because you just bump into everyone at reception or just in the hallway or yeah. stuff like that or what are you doing for dinner? Do you want to come out for dinner? Like, you know, the boys were like, do you want to go out for dinner? And I'm like, no, I really want you to come over to our apartment and do a podcast. And they're like, yeah, that's great, you know, we'll come over <laughs> then. So, Bit of everything. Yeah, no, they're just really lovely guys. Johnny Rab has his own 80s band as well. So I have he wants to talk to us about that. I haven't heard much about it, but um Mud has spoken to him about it. So That's it's great. really interesting. But yeah. um look, we are having a ball here. It's gone too quick. Yeah, yeah. And and when do you come home? Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So big big gig on Saturday and then on the plane the next day. Yeah, so the gig's at 12.30 in the afternoon mm-hmm. and then we'll probably spend the whole day with uh, the, the other bands. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe they will have a dinner that night. I'm not sure. I think uh, Chini was going to do that, organise that. He's, he's very good with all that stuff, like knows yeah. how to – really good talker, really good people person – I couldn't tell you what part of America, even though they've told me a million times where they're from in America, you can ask them all that anyway, but um, just really lovely guy, like, and they'll buy you drinks and stuff. So there's, it's just, I just find it amazing that Collective Soul is still, you know, really big overseas. We oh, don't gotcha. hear that stuff in Australia, you know. They um, they have a beautiful sort of uh it's it's what I refer to as a sort of middle American sound where it's like it it spans across the decade and it really fits in with those uh, big sort of, I guess, mid, uh, like Midwestern bands like uh, Cle- uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, you might say The Eagles, you might say um, uh, Leonard Skinner and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm. Like those, um, they, they remind me of that kind of, like really salt of the earth, grainy sounding, edgy sounding band. You know what I mean? And I think I think that's why they've lasted so long is they've they've got that beautiful timeless quality. Another thing, they're so professional and lovely, and oh, I, I think that's a big part of it. You know, yeah, like just being friendly and still loving what you do. Yeah, yeah. You know, um. Very hard to find that in bands that are friendly and they yep. get a bit up on their high horse and a bit egotistical. There's none of that here. You know, it's interesting. It's a really different level. And I can tell you now, and you would know this, the one thing I have learned about myself is it's a lot harder being in an original band than it is a cover band. Oh, God, yeah. Like you just have to have more... I don't know, you've just got to have your wits about you and just, I don't know what it is. It's just a bigger game, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. So you can't be a wanker. You can't be a dickhead. You can't be a swearer. You can't be this. I mean, you know, these boys. Well, yeah, reputation is absolutely everything. These boys really don't know what they're coming into with us, but we'll get them on anyway. So, look, eventually we'll get them in and we'll talk about their favourite 80s stuff. But, yeah, we did come up with that segment, Famous People and What They Loved in the 80s because these boys will be fantastic because they're 50. They're around 50. I think um, Cheney is 50 and Johnny is 52. Same age. And um, really lovely. And there's no huge parties and stuff like that. Like everyone's older and just hanging out and resting and going to see New Zealand, you know. Well, they want a career and they're centred, you know. So um, that's awesome. Hey, um, just as the boys are preparing to walk in, can I just ask – um, I'm. I've I've got to ask for my friend Kirsty. Yeah. Have um, describe sort of Charlene and what she's like like in person, from from uh, Texas. Oh, okay. So Charlene, for me, has this aura about her before you even go near her. She wears no makeup. She has the same jet black hair. She wears a tracksuit on stage, almost like a pants and a top. Um, she really is not what you ex- – like she's just like a chick that comes out, I don't know, and she's just an amazing singer. Like her voice is spectacular. Yeah. But there's no big makeup or big – I don't know what it is. She's, there's this aura about her that's bigger than her, you know. Yeah, yeah. And when she sings, she sings so fucking beautifully and her pitch is perfect. She plays guitar perfect. And she reminded me of, and I know this is gonna be this is gonna sound stupid, her female Michael Jackson. Oh wow. Serious? It was just bizarre. Because she demanded the um she demanded this the stage and the in the in the audience. The audience love her, you know. I think it is yeah. because she's so natural and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. But um, what we might do, baby, is stop the show and then fix the boys up and have a quick Fantastic. chat amongst us and then start the interview. What do you reckon? Beautiful. Sounds good.
Gentlemen, you're listening to the 80s montage. I'm Sammy Hardon, and we've got the most amazing guests on the show tonight. Collective Soul, Johnny and Cheney, who were air drumming while we were playing this song, by the way. It was like <laughs> the drummer's paradise in this little hotel room. That's right, yes. Who doesn't dig that song? Oh, exactly. you know what? That's that's been the highlight of me for me, this whole tour. Great, great, great. We love that song. It, it still gives me butterflies in my stomach. Mm. It, it just it just blows me away. It it like for for me, I was sort of in my late teens as this was coming out. And it, it just I said to Sammy before, each and every song just takes me back to that time so so strongly. Great. Are you gonna now we want to get over towards you. I'm a, I'm now the tour manager of the band, and Johnny is the drummer of the band. And um, you know, I used to play drums for the band uh, in between the years of 2008 and 2012, and then I played with a few other groups, <clears throat> which we'll talk about in a little bit. But Johnny came in in 2012 and has been an absolute perfect match for this group. I mean, it's, he can play any of the stuff, and he has some of the best drum parts I've ever heard. Ever. And, and that's yeah. a really interesting transition for you, Chaney, sort of moving from drummer to like a, more of a management position. Was, was that a sort of – did you get into sort of tour managing straight away with the band or was it after a, like a bit of a hiatus and you came back? Can you talk us through that? Sure. So in 2012 I, I decided to do some other stuff musically and, um, you know – it's tough leaving something that you love so much, but it, it was time, you know. Sometimes you're yeah. like, okay, it's time to do this. So I did, and I played with a lot of great people um, over the years um, that I was away from, you know, everyone. And, you know, oddly enough, I started playing with a music group called Like Machines out of Atlanta, Georgia, and they were still, you know, in cahoots and friends with all the guys in the band. So it was kind of like a reintroduction and... It was like we never we never <laughs> were away from each other. So yeah. it was really nice. And then, you know, after time uh, passed, you know, Ed started – Ed and I were hanging out a good bit before, and then we were hanging out, um, you know, during – probably around 2017 is when we started hanging out again, which was really awesome. Uh, I really mm -hmm. missed him and the guys. And uh, then he, you know, finally asked me in 2020 or 2019, he's like, would you like to be the tour manager of the band? I'm like – well, okay, I could try it, you know. Uh, I feel like I could do a decent job, but 
you know, it's all it's all a learning process. Any any of this is a learning process. Gotcha. So it all it 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 came pretty naturally, and I've learned. You know, I guess it was a good fit because I knew the guys and I knew what they wanted and what they needed, and that's really what my job is: is to make sure they get everything that they want and need, and that they get from point A to point B and safely and comfortably and all that type of stuff. And you know, the the best part about this whole transition was me uh, having my newly well, it's not new anymore, but but Johnny, Rab, and I are like best friends, and we respect one another as musicians and as just as as buddies, and that's been the best thing about this, uh, you know. So, yeah, buddy, yeah, amazing, that's fantastic. So, so Johnny, um, what were the bands you had done before you joined Collective Soul? I was strangely in Nashville, Tennessee, from. 1996 to, to 2009. Mm. And Cheney's and my path, our paths have crossed many times from Atlanta to Nashville. Isn't Na- that always the way? Yeah. From Atlanta to Nashville, similar mm. friends, similar musicians, the drum industry. And I always had, I think we both had it, the respect for each other and all the past drummers of Collective Soul. And it's not a joke. Like we are super tight friends and like even despite some of the the internet can do some funky things where they try to pretend you you separate you yeah you guys yeah you must hate each other yeah isn't it unbelievable how is johnny rab gonna do this gig yeah right and like is cheney (laughs) mad at johnny johnny hates cheney yeah yeah (laughs) cheney's laughing right now but in all seriousness the respect i have for him we we will work on parts together we we're doing the latest records at the same time, in the same place, so it's more than tour managing. We're, it is like a team. It's it's. Um, it is, yeah. Even friendship wise, we just hang. Cheney's studio knowledge is massive, so he's helped me with my studio at home. Right. Gear, how to understand different things I don't understand because I'm just a drummer. I may have done a few, um, I guess, like assistant engineering, but that'd be like more cable wrapping and being like, this is an XLR (laughs) (laughs) rather than understanding (laughs) microphones. But anyway, Mm. you asked about the other bands. I was trying to do the, I was from California and I was trying to do the Nashville country pop drummer thing for years. Did it, but it got very frustrating because in those bands, unlike Collective Soul, it didn't feel like a band. It was like the artist and then, and then you, the backing band. Totally. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. And you could get let go and re I got hired and refired. Refired. You like that? I mean, that's a new term. Hired and refired. <laughs> drummers do though. <laughs> For some reason, drummers go back. You know, they're like boomerangs, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like oh, getting back with fighting. I've fired one drummer four times. They're really good people, but sometimes Fucking it could be the click or the freaking stick up their ass. They don't know what they're doing, right? And you fire them and you go, oh, he was all right, wasn't he, that guy? I mean, I even made up a new term, refired, not rehired. Because I was refired. I was hired, fired, rehired, and then refired. And that was Tanya Tucker. And she still is very, very cool. Tanya Tucker. Yeah, and that was a... That was a challenging gig, yeah. Mm. Fun gig. And I, you're really easy to get along with, so I can't I believe so. that. Because you asked me at dinner the other night about Brian Canham in Pseudo Echo and if he allows us to do whatever we want. Right. And, and I said, oh, yeah, he's just, you do whatever you want on stage. I said, with the dancing, I sort of tested it a bit and went more and more and then he went, oh, no, 
do the front woman thing, you know. And uh, he's always great to let everyone run their own thing on stage. Which I think is amazing. It's a great show. Do you you would get that with um, Collective Soul though, yeah? I mean, it's gotten to a point where I don't go up and, um, you know, dance. No, not you. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet you do. No, but, but in all truth, truthfulness, I guess... Yeah. I've told Chaney before some of the records that he's on with Collective Soul. I'm like, love that song and that part for real. Yeah. And so there's a weird thing with the band that we all can go, oh, my God, Hoyle, Ryan Hoyle killed it on oh, this yeah. record or, oh, or Shane... Slayed it, yeah, yes. mm. or Cheney, and and just real quick, there's freedom to play, and I feel like it's a it's a, a good fit um, with the band on stage. We all have a good time. It's more comfortable than any of the country things. It really would be for no reason. The Taney Tucker would be because a friend of mine, Jack Gavin, who was a Charlie Daniels original drummer, wanted the gig back. Okay, Johnny, oh, really? Yeah, and it's it's okay. Yeah, that's it's, right. Kind of sucks human balls, but it was... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Awesome. But, you know. but isn't it funny how you're in Collective Soul, you've been in that for how long now? I think this is going on like the 12th year the or 12th something year, like that. The 12th year, right? Yeah. And you're 20 maybe, even more? As far as... Uh, uh, to- he is 20. <laughs> I'm, I'm he 20 looks 20. He looks you're, fabulous. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. You no, look like I- you're doing the photos. Oh, God. Well, yeah, both of you do, though. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. Listen Thank you. to how humble they are. You can't help but love They're them, so Sammy. so humble. And I've got to say, guys, your accents are so beautiful to the Australian ear. They really are. Yeah. Well, so are your you, – Really? Same, the feeling's mutual, my friend. Wow. Oh, that's great. Where exactly listen to it are all you day. from? Where exactly I, are you well, from? I, well, so I'm more Southern than, than Johnny. Johnny grew up in California a good part of his life. <clears throat> I grew up in Georgia. Yeah. So we're going to have a little... <laughs> people have walked up to Ed and I and said, are you all from Australia? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that right? Really? <laughs> well, no, we're not. We're not from Australia. No, no. It's, no Isn't it's, that um, interesting? No, but it, it, it's great. Uh, we, we love your accent as well. And oh, we love brilliant. our backstage house. So then there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I think sort of, I think sort of beautiful, beautiful people on both sides of the divide, Australia and, 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 and the and the South. Yeah, definitely. Well, we just want to lo- tell you how much we love everybody in Pseudo Echo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's insanity. We love yeah, so we much do love down each to other. earth. Yeah. We had a wonderful conversation starting out with uh, Brian and everybody and 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 um, Raquel, and it was just really. Like we just—it's almost like we knew each other our whole lives. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Very similar life situations and yep. just everything about it, you know. And then your crew—I mean, Scott, every everybody yeah. in, in the whole, the, everybody, everybody is just every. You know, we just feel at home with you. Well, so, I was just yeah. saying to Jay before that we got stuck together because you came on after us and we had the tents nearby and you're like, come into our tent. And I'm like, all right, yeah. no worries. Yeah. I'm one of those chicks that will go and play with anyone, you know. Yes. And um, Muddy was turning around to me going, are you right going into their tent? I'm like, they <laughs> asked us. <laughs> and so there was an instant connection with the two bands 100%. Oh, yeah. And, and a similar vibe with – you know when you're in a band and you kind of go, how am I here? And then you look back at your life and mm. you have crossed paths for over 25 years. It was the same with Brian and I. Yeah. 
I was hanging out with the band at 18, the original Pseudo Echo lineup, and going to like music shows with them and they were showing me the ropes to the industry. And I sort of didn't have much to do with Brian and then 10 years after that or 15 years after that I was still hanging out with them. Then Maddie joined Pseudo Echo. So because we date, I was back in Pseudo Echo sort of again and then eventually I ended up joining eight years from there. So it was just a surreal situation. Awesome. That's absolutely awesome. And everyone is so cool. I I actually – Brian, well, when you came in, Brian and and I just was tripped out. I'm like, how down to earth is this gentleman? Like this is he is. Uh, it he was is. so amazing. He's, we're talking about life, talking about how we met, uh, you know, partners and, and my wife, and it was similar. Yeah, like, right. I met my wife um, 19 years after knowing her in high school. Yeah, right. With another marriage in there, and it wow. was just I couldn't believe how down to earth. And we're talking business and about how bands work and the band I have now. That's not that's original but it's more of a of a you know a, i guess you call them the what do you call those things tribute like band. tribute band thank you chan yeah. that's the word of all the 80s stuff because i loved it so much but anyway the whole band is awesome and then abby's over there just whipping oh, ass look and, that's yeah. it abby's Everybody. become the highlight hasn't no, she she's amazing she's just oh, yeah. insane yes. drummer oh yeah and human and i was yeah. just saying you're like she's 20 years of age and wow. you wouldn't have noticed but the last gig we did one of the tracks sort of went a bit haywire and she fixed it yeah. 20 year old fixed it on the spot, and we were like, wow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And with a big smile on her face. With the a whole big time. smile on her face. That's right. She sweet. cried after her first solo at the gig she did in Topo. Because that's the one was, that was on, uh, that's on Instagram. She was overwhelmed by it all, that she just started streaming with tears, which makes you want to love her even more, you know? Well, there was a huge crowd there. Yeah. Huge. huge crowd, like like a sea of people. 15, 20,000. So I she's think. up there just doing her thing. I know. And just as natural as, as she could be. That's right. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Great tour. All the female drummers on this tour. Can you mm. can you believe how great they are? I can. I mean, kicking my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love them. I'm a huge fan. Huge fan. Hey, love Johnny. It. Can I just quiz you for a moment, mate? My my um my good friend James Mudd from Pseudo has told us that you have an eighties band in your That's spare time. Is that right? Totally right. And it's uh not really an original name, but we're happy about it. It's uh NU eighty, almost like UB forty. NU eighty. So NU and then eight zero. And it's uh you know, look, right now we don't have a ton of followers for our original stuff. Um, but if you go to um Either Apple Music or Spotify. We're on there with our our. Uh, we kind of we did a record during the pandemic, and we called it Vaccine, being like, "It's the going to be the cure for everybody." Our music, <laughs> yeah. So it's a it's a musical awesome. vaccine. Oh, so it's an original, ladies. It is. I'm I'm pretty proud wow. of it. Wow. We recorded it in my studio. It's called Fungin Studio. It's a fun dungeon, fungin. and uh, yeah. And then we had um, uh, Bob St. John who did a lot of extremes uh, recordings and, and production, do the vocal recording and also the mixing and mastering. So it really had, we wanted to get original music that had the 80s sound, but it was our originals. And Paul Souza, the vocalist, was in a band, um, Beat Surrender, years ago out of Boston. And it was a pretty big deal. And they had a little MTV video. and Wow. And like a lot of things, and I don't think Paul would be upset by this, just the industry went weird and it got kind of, it didn't get released properly. But he plays God. me his demos from that shit, and it's like 
He's like, oh yeah, here's some of my stuff. And I'm like, this is fucking amazing. Oh wow. It just it just didn't get what it needed to get. Um, yeah. Anyway, so he's the singer, and we have Nate Gray on bass, and then uh, Joseph Harrison on guitar. We we did it at the house, and there's five songs. So if you go to NU80 artist and look, I would love to get people's feedback. And Instagram yeah. is, we're, we're, we need to do a better job on Instagram, but we're at NU80 band. So I love the band. And we also do a about a 90-minute full production show that is with like video backdrop of like- Yeah, right. Of the 80s stuff that we love. Great. All Fantastic. So, and, and what kind of stuff do you like? This band is focused on the synth-driven pop music of the 80s. So it's every, everybody Brilliant. from- Yeah, it's all Simple Minds to- what do we got in there? We got Bowie to, we even do, um, what do we got here? Duran. We do some Duran Duran. Um, I'm trying to, and I'm sorry, I'm a little bit drawing blanks here, but we've got every everything you can imagine from that synth, you know, sequence synth driven stuff. I mean, and, and we've- Kajagoogoo? We, we do. Yeah. We do Goo. It's in there, yeah. Any kind of uh, what about that song Pocket Calculator that you love so much? Oh, do you uh, love Pocket we, Calculator? Well, I mean, I'm one of the biggest Kraftwerk fans. Wow, are you really? Pl- oh yeah, on the planet. Yep. We had a whole <laughs> show dedicated to Pocket Calculators and stuff that you have on your mobile yep, yep. that you used to need all these other things for. Yep, like a Pocket Calculator yes, yeah. and a whatever your old God, uh, diary. And oh yeah. Rolodex and all that stuff, and people love that show because it's all on your phone now. You can make a record pretty so much. So you're on a your huge craft. <laughs> you could make a record. Yeah, I'm a and, huge Kraftwerk fan. I wow. was growing up in California. Real quick, I thought that they looked like Devo, and no one, yeah. no one told me they were the different band. Yeah, or no one, <laughs> no, no one told me to go what to buy. Yeah, right. There was no one going like you need to go get Funkadelic, whatever. So I'd go to Tower Records at anything that had Funk in the name. Mm-hmm. I would buy. Mm-hmm. Then I saw this craft work. I'm like, these two, I already love Devo, huge Devo fan. So I was like, these guys look like a little more strict or whatever Devo. Yeah, right. And when I heard some of the stuff at first, I was like, it freaked me out a little bit. Like literally at night, I couldn't listen to some of the shit. Because yeah. I'm like, what the, f- who does oh, this? Oh, it takes your, your mind on a journey. Oh, it's, it's a very like challenging. When you listen to the, like when you listen to the model, are you're you a kidding me? supermodel, man. The model is it's the trippiest like, song. It's just the best. Dude, showroom dummies. I, oh, that I one? love it. Think love about it. this real quick that somebody went, it's a showroom dummy. <laughs> that's a lyric, and that's how he sang. And Truth. It, that's right. And the fucking dummies and, break and out. And Johnny gl- Rab loves it. I love it. They break out at night yeah, through the glass. Right. They break out through oh, the it glass. It scares the shit out of me. <laughs> it didn't, you know what scared the shit out of me the most, guys? What? One of the damn insides of the records, I forgot which one, if it was uh, Computer World or something, these dipshits, they've got, their whole faces are cut off, heads are cut off. Oh, shit. And it's all 3D. Right. Like this whole mannequin. Like You're not seeing my face, but it scared the shit out of me. Yeah, I was in right. seventh grade. <laughs> yeah. It's part of my mouth, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Not at all. Scared me, guys. Oh, no, no. Don't worry. We're, we're usually worse. We've been good today. Okay. Um, <laughs> So ADD. Do you, so, do you do any craft work in your eighties band, or you don't, you just don't go as hard as that? We don't. I do a solo drum show <laughs> that Screaming I screaming in glass. No, I just remix. I remix Ableton, uh, craft oh, yeah. work and stuff like that. And wow, tempo shift a drum and bass or house, but doing craft work, I'll pitch shift a pocket calculator so no one knows what it is for like thirty minutes, right. and then I'll I'll take the uh, pitch shift down, right? And it's funny to see. The one person in the audience, 
literally go, that's why that's craft work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's been that's doing craft work this whole time. Hundred percent. Yeah. Anyway. It's exciting to get that one person though. It's then great. do you have a drink with them and get to know them and go, man, we're fucking, you know. Back in the be, day. Should be brothers. Back in the day, I Back did. in the day. Now, now I'm like can't. all packing the minivan and, you know. Yeah. Getting home. Jeez. <laughs> I'm kidding. Because, I mean, Collective Soul, I was speaking to someone, it might have been, Jenny, 70 gigs a year you do? Yeah, right. Uh, between 70 and 80. So where um, do you find time to do the other stuff? Like? The cover bands and oh the, well, I mean, oh. if you're if you're touring if you're touring eighty days a year, you're probably gone about one hundred and forty to one hundred and sixty days a year mm. total. So you have a half year, essentially, two hundred dates to do a lot of things. That's good. Now, now we've been the past. What would you say the past four years? We've been recording every January. That's Just about, a good uh, rule. It, it really is, and and it works out perfect because you know Ed bought a real cool rig, and we just take it places, and we've taken it all over the place. We've taken it down to Tybee Island in Georgia. We've taken it to Palm Springs at Elvis Presley's home, which is where we just did the double album. Wow! Right? Oh wow! So, so so yeah, this it's a pretty big deal. We're really we're really proud of it. It's, uh, you know, <clears throat> thirty year anniversary for Collective Soul. Wow! Now. You know, I'm very fortunate to get to still be a part of some of these recordings. You know, they let me play, they let me do some percussion and I'll do some background vocals and, you know, a couple of tracks on drums. Um, but, you know, the big part about it is me helping set it up and tear it down because <laughs> mm. I kind of helped build the rig with my buddy Sean Grove, our producer guy Sean Grove. Mm. And uh, so we've been doing that every year for the past what, at least four years. <laughs> Uh, so we still have three or four records in the hopper that, that wow. are not even mixed yet. Yeah, so it's going to be... Right? So yeah, good. man. It's just living music. It is. A hundred percent of the time. It is. Now, I've, I've, I've really watched you guys because Aussies are a little bit... We love to think that we're... And we are hard workers, but we're not the biggest dreamers in the world. Okay. It does... Like, you guys just go for this whole thing as kids, you know? We're sort of taught as kids, you can't do that. You'll never be that. Is it, I mean, it just, I can feel the difference between the two hmm. bands. Okay. I feel like in Australia we sort of got to have a day job and, and then go out and do music. Was that ever anything you needed to do? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially being a hired musician, yeah. you know, uh, that didn't write the songs. Yeah, right. So that's a huge part about it. So, yeah. I mean, ever since I was 18 years old, I've worked at a music store in sales. Yes. I mean, it just, it, I always went back to it because I, I I could do it well. Yeah. And or drum, you know, drum instruction for kids, you know, mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. intermediate. And then I would also do studio mixing, producing, nothing on a major scale, but I would, you know, be able to work. Yeah. You know, so if you, if you have all that stuff that you can do and I bought and sold gear, I did the whole eBay thing. I'd go to, right. I'd go to Nashville from Atlanta and purchase gear at pawn shops or wherever I could find gear and then flip it. Right. I mean, I would do whatever I could to make money for my family. Yeah. You know, so as a drummer, especially everybody understands this as a side musician, if you will, if you want to call it that. I mean, everybody makes you feel a part of your group, but you're still a side musician. Mm. 
it doesn't hurt to have plan B, plan C, plan D. Yeah. It doesn't hurt. But the at thing all. is, you've done music in that though. Everything's that's been. The I know. Yeah, you're you know right what about I mean? that. You're right. And that's the thing I'm trying to say is, I've got a, a lot of people because I've done music now for 35, 40 years, mm-hmm. and I just don't want to do anything else. Jay is a teacher, and and stuff like that. And we used to be teachers at a music school. Always great. I believe it. Um, but I reckon. Australians are a little bit more on the fear side with actually getting there and just like because I know that um, Jim Kerr spoke to Brian yesterday about his music. They've been listening to Pseudo for two days mm. and and Brian was just blown away by that. Now, really he shouldn't be no. because he's Brian Cannon from Pseudo Echo. But that's what I'm saying. There's, there's part of us in Australia that is a little bit shy and timid to actually acknowledge the fact that we are this – Epic fucking thing that's yes. done oh, yeah. this thing where you guys know it. You know what I mean? Yes. Absolutely. But we're, I, mean, I know Australia, it sounds bizarre but. Australia is a very sort of working class nation. It's very and it's, working it's, class. It's, yeah, it's considered a luxury to be an artist, you know. That's right. It's not, right. You're, you're barely given any encouragement and it was really actually obvious during the pandemic when everything got shut down mm-hmm. and uh, and there was no support for, for musos or artists because, um, you know, basically we our job are seasonal you know we 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 yeah. um we are we're sort of contractors or subcontractors and our jobs are seasonal you know you, we have sort of massive periods where we're very busy and then periods where we're you know just chilling out and and uh, finding our inspiration and uh the the artists in Australia it it really it really spoke very loudly when the artists in Australia didn't get support from the federal government uh, you know, lots of other industries did, but not the artists. But then, of course, when everything sort of opens up again, who do they turn to for all of their sort of benefit concerts and their fundraisers? And, and you know, it's, it's yes. really, really interesting that, that, um, uh, that contradiction. Yes. Oh, I totally agree. We had the similar thing. But I want to speak on behalf of what it looks like for the United States, yeah. at least on my yeah, opinion of be great. Australian artists, huge influence. We didn't mm. know. There's not a thought of what you were just talking about, the non-dreaming. Mm. Like I wanted to be in all the bands that you guys had. You yeah, know what right. I mean? Whether it's New Zealand or Australia, from Midnight Oil to, I mean, I'm like, wait, in you, you, you yeah. in excess to, you know, Pseudo Echo. And I'm saying that for real, like watching the video, at my house when I'm, yeah. I think I'm 10 years younger than Brian. Yeah. So you can imagine as a kid, Brian would have seemed like, I'm like, who's that older guy? But now that's nothing. Age is nothing. No, that's you know what right. I mean? so, You know what I mean? When you start to meet people yes. when you're an adult, that's what I'm trying to say. It's age is no- nothing. It's really like interesting because I'm battling with that as a woman. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I shouldn't be doing this at this age. You know, it's it's almost like you beat yourself down and it's, and I had a meltdown yesterday going, what the fuck is wrong with me? This should be just like the biggest thing ever. But then you think, oh, my God, I'm just doing this now at this age, which is 50. We're the and same age. Exactly. Yeah. I'm 53, but I say 50. I'm 52. Yeah. So there we go. Am I 53? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it's just – it's it's really – I find no. it really mentally taxing – Ask on Cheney. people's mental health, man. Like yes. it's 
And the boys were freaking out before we came here and I'm like, what are you talking about? It's going to be great. And then I sort of fell down yesterday and went, yeah, I'm not feeling like I deserve this and I feel like I'm leaving everyone behind and they're not seeing this amazing scenery, you know. Yeah. But how much space are you going to give yourself to actually say you fucking deserve it, you know. That's what you just said is what should happen. That's right. I've I've talked to Chaney almost every day going, I got to get out of the room because I'm starting to do that thing of the same thing. What am I, how am I here? How are we all here? Yeah. And then those crowds, what I mean by this, do help your psychological, but then when you're off from that, you start to be like, how did that just happen? How did we get to, you know, and then shaking Jim's hand, Jim Kerr's hand in the parking lot, but trying not to be like, um... You pretty much transformed a lot of my 80s, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you want to say that, yeah. but you don't. You know? I went today with two bags of rice that I wanted microwaved and a can of tuna that had a hook to open it. And in front of Jim Kerr at the fucking reception, I said, "Um, can you, do you have a can opener for this? And Jim went, there's a hook you can open it with your hand. And I went, no, I I've just looked like a blonde in front of Jim Kerr. <laughs> It, it, that stuff, isn't it weird? I did this too. I don't know if anyone else did, but I, one of the most epic scenes of the video is, I don't know if they they filmed it in Scotland. I don't know where they did it, but the Alive and Kicking video. On the mountains? Yes. Yeah. And that we camera work that. of like going through the shit, like yes. early drones, but it was no drone. It's probably some dude being all, God, I'm going backwards. That's right. The, there were no drones. That's right. And that keyboard dude, remember that he'd be yes. like, oh, looking at you when yeah. he saw the breakdown? Yeah. That whole band that made me want to yes play that there know, was no country associated with it does that make sense absolutely. it was yeah. simple there minds was no country no i know and so to see them being like i'm in a parking lot i'm getting on an airplane i'm like yeah dude he what? was in his hotel slippers in the fucking it's great front of the bloody hotel today <laughs> jim kerr in his little slippers it's and i was like there's jimbo you know and it is though, it's funny because when you're a kid, you dream of being that big and then you get there and you go, I don't know whether I deserve this. My parents aren't here with me. I feel bad that they're missing out on this. I'm going through all that stuff. Yeah, I so understand. So that's a normal star, a normal thing. I think so. You just said that breakdown thing. Ask Literally, you can ask Cheney my up and downs of, I just don't know. Yeah, uh, right. Or yeah. Uh, am I, when I get home, am I going to, you know, with my family, it's like, because like I'm doing yard work. Yeah, and, but I right. want to, and I want to be. Yeah. But, but then I'm going, all my high school friends are f- shitting themselves because of this tour lineup. Yeah, They're totally. Like, what? Same You're- with our kids, our people. Yeah, oh, yeah. totally. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but the, the one thing we all have to realize, though, is that we've all worked hard mm. and we're all worthy of what's happening right now. Mm. Absolutely. Everybody's earned it. Yeah. From top to bottom, from simple minds. To, I mean, every, every, I mean, those guys, <laughs> I can't, those guys rehearsed for two weeks. That's right. Before we even got there. Yeah, that's right. Have they earned it? Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Good point. And, There's and, some and, hard and, workers and, on this tour. So you got to keep this in mind too. <clears throat> We've all probably started when we were, we probably thought about this stuff when we were before, we were even 10 years old. Yeah. Like this is probably what I want to do or something like that, you know, we like I want to do something in music or I want to do whatever. I didn't get into collective soul until I was 35 years old. Right. Wow. So 
Which is old. People say that's old, don't they? All the time, do you? Yes, yes. So anybody at any age can do anything. Mm. I look at Morgan Freeman as an actor. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, he did. I mean, you got to look at that. I mean, it doesn't really matter as long as you have what the group needs at the time. Yeah. It doesn't matter how old you are. And everybody needs to understand that you're worthy of, of, of this blessing that you're given. Mm. Okay. Everybody's worthy of it. Even if you're the worst singer in the world or not like yourself, <laughs> Thank you. or, you yeah. know, it, it doesn't matter if you're, if you're there and, and it's happening, it's supposed to be happening at that yeah. moment. So, is it something, something you slowly develop as you get along getting used to that? As far sick, what do you mean by that? Well, Sorry. like every time you go out with different artists, oh, yeah. does it feel easier? It it feels, it depends on the artist. Yeah, For right. me, for me, I mean, like uh, to give an example, you know, we were talking about 80s stuff. So, you know, Rab has done a, lo- a great deal of stuff with the more pop, uh, you know, well, the stuff I love the most really in the 80s, I actually was more involved with more of the rock and roll yeah. uh, part. Like I played with members of Cinderella, if you remember oh that band. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. I played with members from Motley Crue, which is John Karabi. I don't know if you know that yeah, guy Yeah, I noticed so, that online. That's very um, impressive. There's, there's, there's some really cool things. I, that I was more into the rock. You know, my first yep. big rock show was Ozzy Osbourne. When I was thirteen, yeah, so I was wow. I loved the rock and roll, but then I also loved the pop aspect of the seventies and stuff. My first concert as a baby was Olivia Newton John. Oh my god, amazing! You know, you know, so I grew up on all that. But you know, to get back to you know playing with eighties artists and all that type of stuff, those guys are still going through. Those guys are going through because yeah, you got to realize when you go up yeah. the ladder like they did, yeah. And then now you're way down the ladder. Mm. It's a little bit, it's tough. Yeah, it that's really, right. It really is tough for the rock and roll 80s guys. Um, and 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 I noticed that right off in getting to to perform with them. And that was right after Collective Soul. Mm-hmm. You know, I played with some of those guys. And I decided to, uh, you know, that it really probably wasn't for me because they weren't, they kind of got into that thing that you were just talking about, like that whole not worthy yeah. kind of not kind of like, uh, you know, almost depressed that they're not as doing it as yeah. big as they were. And that, that was tough for me because I try to be real positive and, and it was really tough for me to, to, to have to be around that. And, and, and as much as I love and still love all of those people that I played with and and believe me, more than honored to get to share the stage with all of them. Yeah, that's right. I really feel like the positivity is not where I would want it to be, if that makes any sense. Right. I just I don't want to interrupt Shani, but like I know I got the mouth that like can cuss and all that, but all the jokes aside, yeah, his you're very eloquent about mm-hmm. what you're saying, Shani, because I got an opportunity to work with a lot of the '80s hair metal, hair, whatever, right? Ricky Rocket from Poison, we're both, we all know, made a signature stick for him. I had a, was fortunate enough to have a, sig, uh, excuse me, a stick company. And that's not my point here. My, my point is when I was doing that, I wanted to be on stage playing, not making drumsticks. Sure. So I was like, oh no, I'm not going to be able to do this. My goal of 
being in the cars or being, you know what I mean? Like I in tour with, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, so in getting to meet those people, I know what Cheney means because even on some of these festivals, and this is not anything wrong, but the eras change, right? Yeah. So now the 80s to me is kind of cycling back and we're seeing psychedelic furs going on tour and coming to the U.S. and doing theaters. We're seeing, I, when I'm, what I'm saying is even if the name kind of went went away for a little bit, everyone still loves OMD. You put on... You know, if you, if you leave, thank you. That's exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. And and then yeah. and then people freaking out about if the Thompson twins somehow if I and one of our friends runs lights and I'm like I was like a kid yeah. to her going you what how cool is the guy yeah. how cool is like do they do this oh yeah they do all that yeah. I'm stuck in that and some of these dreams get I probably broken. When a promoter or when the crowd goes, I used to like, I'm not even going to name a band, but I used to love going to these shows, but now it's more, the theaters have lessened to maybe now a club or like for some of these bands or a festival might be a slot. We've had a few times where I've seen some upset folks being like, why is, why is Collective Soul higher? And I don't mean that like we're some neat oh, thing. Oh yeah, that kind of just. That happens mm. sometimes, that kind of, and I get Cheney's thing of like the getting negative or. Uh, and I've seen some good friends that were drummers that, you know, that are not as active and it's hurt their hearts, I think, yeah. you know, and, and I love them from some of the 80s, you know. So I, there's no guarantee, right? That's, what, I guess, That's another right. thing. That's you, right. Lastly, Cheney, is, you guys are all right on the doing this and should be happy about it and living in the moment, no matter yeah. what level it is. Because I remember learning that, I'm like, oh, Neil Peart from Rush wait a second, I was like in second grade, and I went, you can do that for a living? And I was walking yes. on the sidewalk to school, and I went, that's what I'm doing. I want to try it. And I didn't, there's all those barriers, right? There was no yeah. internet back then, no internet. So you that's don't, right. you're trying to send fan mail that's like rejected. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I got rejected, I got rejected fan mail at age 12 from, <laughs> from sending Wang Chung Hey, if you need a drummer. Oh, you're heaven. I was 12. And then also uh, the outfield. I'm like, hey, guys, uh, I love you guys. And I know I'm 13. But if, you, if your guy quits, give me a, send me a letter back. Oh, my God. That's so awesome. <laughs> I have to admit something. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it, was per, it was Pearl Jam, though. Yep. Oh, wow. I did. Oh, I sent Brendan O'Brien, the producer, a letter. Same thing. It's wow. just, but you know, what that, that, you know what that is? That's being assertive. Yep. And that's trying to put your stamp on what you do. There's nothing wrong with that at all. People should admire that. Isn't it amazing, yeah. like, the, the different approaches to music when you're at different ages? And, I mean, you guys have been talking about, you know, working hard and your legacy and um, where you are at a particular age and all that kind of thing. I think, I think sort of being, being a musician, being a mature music, well, being, being a musician of a more mature age, I don't think musicians are, are sort of uh, a mature breed. <laughs> You know, if um, if you know, know a few mu musicians, but if you are a, of a particular age and you've you've sort of kept everything running, like you haven't sort of retired and then come back, you you know, all the wheels are turning, um, you're well oiled, you're doing your thing, you're out there. Um, it for one, it keeps your soul young, like you 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 
are still in touch with that sort of force of youth that runs through all of us and uh, very much so for musos. And and you also become almost like an uh, a more open channel for the music because a lot of your youthful ego sort of falls away and stops getting in the way and um, and you just sort of serve the music a little bit better, I feel. I'm really compelled by um, musicians that are, you know, in their 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and and, and who knows, beyond sometimes, who, who, um, who are still out there kicking it. I just think it's the most incredible thing to watch those guys doing their thing. Oh, my God, like the Rolling Stones blow my mind every time I see yeah. a, a clip from them on an, a social media platform or something. I mean... <laughs> Those guys are eighty. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, and they're um, up there killing it. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's well, phenomenal. You, I'm glad that we all think uh, the same on this type of stuff. And they've got to get on the same planes. They've got to do the same hours of travel. Sit in these same hours of hotel rooms on their own. And it that's the hardest part, I think. I think the stage part is really easy. It's just travelling and time and you know what I mean? I, I, yes, I do. <laughs> and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it in an unexpected way yeah. that before the collective soul uh, journey of being able to play gigs in 2012, I think b- both Chaney and I would agree, we ran the, across paths more in the drummer's drumming industry. Right. Clinics and weird, like, hey, here's this flashy yeah. thing. And I got very pigeonholed as this type of thing. Mm. And I was very worried that I would never be able to have a band. Oh, no. That was not looked at as like either a flashy yeah. band or. So I'm going to be serious, like, m- knowing every single drummer except for Shane well. I do know Sh- Shane now, yeah. right? But you and Ryan, I knew. And it was so funny. I'm like, I love these guys. And people, like I said earlier, not trying to rehash it, but people would, oh, you must not like it. It's not like that. We're, no. we are fan. We're sending each other music ideas. Yeah. We're, saying, we're hearing the, oh, you love Wang Chung. You love uh, Outfield. You love, you know, all these bands. And I think the neatest thing is, remember I said that thing earlier about the age not mattering? We all were talking about that. Yeah. I remember ice skating, which is, I'm terrible at, uh, but I ice skated in high school and we built this city was on the stupid, uh, uh, you know, PA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I skating around and I, I had my girlfriend at the time and I'm sitting there going, no offense to my girlfriend, but I'm like, I'm so into this production and to the drumming. And, and I'm sure she's like, she doesn't sound like that, but I think you <laughs> she guys, sounds like me. I, well, you get my point. I'm not right? a huge fan of the song. Oh, it's okay. But check this out. I was, so I got really into the drummer, Donnie Baldwin right. and his programming and his electronic. I was like, how the hell is he doing that? And to be able to meet Mickey Thomas in person and have him come out and watch him sing right in front of us, like closer than we are, and do in the round vocals with me, Chaney, and the guys. And no matter where that ended up, I got to do that. And I'm like, how the hell am I with the dude that I like pretty much like pop idolized, thinking the band... They would never be able to play that live. I'm like, they were such on a pedestal. And then to be able to, now that the internet exists, I get it. Thank you. I know it's been around for years now. I'm like, it just got invented. Just last week. Yeah, yeah. I just just tuned in. Uh, <laughs> but to see, to see live old footage has been my favorite 
thing. And if I'm kind of glad it didn't exist when I was a kid because I don't know what I would have. You may I, not have had the brave to sort of go there. I just it might have that. scared you, you know. It just, there was not the mystery. Yeah. I love the mystery. Now you can type in, and I suggest everyone does this. No. <laughs> you know, Wang, Wang Chung, Wang Chung, live at the Ritz. Wow. And just get ready to get nuts. Wow. Tonight. Really? <laughs> yeah. You're amazing. Everyone have fun tonight. Everyone Johnny Rab tonight. I uh, do it. Do it. Everyone's right. Johnny Rabbit. Fucking rock on, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning more about this band than I ever have in this interview. You are fucking nut jobs. I am. I love it. Cheney's not. No. Well, I'm no, not. it's. <laughs> I think you might both be. But that's what you've got to be. You know, you have to be a little bit playful. I've had to, like. I was like standing next to Jim Kerr with a fucking can of tuna. I had to do something and yeah. like what the fuck was that? If you had said that to me like, you know, 30 years ago because I saw the same video clip on the mountain. Robin, I was speaking to the two girls in Simple Minds about that video because I think the new backing vocals, she's not new anymore, she's been with him for 16 years or okay. something. Sarah? She sounds like Robin. Sarah, yeah, yeah, sounds like Robin. I said, you know, I think your timbre in your voice is exactly like Robin, mm-hmm. when she did the big, and she goes, oh, my God, the video clip in the mountains. That's always the one everyone remembers. It's not Don't You Forget About Me for me. Mm-hmm. No, I It's the video clip in the mountains and it's mm-hmm. also Somewhere in Summertime and yep. the early, like, that was just art, wasn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Big fan. Crazy. Crazy fan. Nutty fan. Nutty fan. And the thing is it's, you've, like, really got to, you know, because Jim still looks at you like he's. I saw that a cat. You know, I saw that happen, yeah. and I'm like, he that's loves the that's... bend over too, and that's him. Yeah, I was like, man, he's almost doing the splits. This is well, insane, that's right? Right? And Fucking I... hell! You just don't know what to look at, do you? I it's just he commanded that crowd. The, he did. The band commanded the crowd. Yeah. All the all the musicians in it are great. Sharice oh, sounds amazing. Sharice amazing. And um, I don't know. Charlie was Charlie was ripping yes. up there too, man. Charlie, as a guitarist, is fucking incredible. Solid as a rock. Yeah. Solid as a rock. You know? Amazing. How are you with the accent? Can you understand it? With who? What, what do you mean? As far the as Charlie? Scottish. Oh, with Charlie? Oh, with everyone. Absolutely. Really? It I mean, must I, be hard I, for Aussies. Well, I mean, I, I mean, do you have to focus in? Yes. I think he you said know. something about a singer today and I totally missed it. But then when I walked away, I went, there was like a 10-second delay. Like, did he say singer? Did I just miss an opportunity? You know what I mean? Oh, no. I know, right? Well, you know. It's not my fault. And the universe will bring that back again somehow. It will. Yeah. Jim, when I I first got to the hotel in in Taupo, um, Jim was staying in the same little building that I was. So I was going out and he was coming in and of course I'm trying to remain calm because yeah. because they were a huge Influence. thing for me huge. I mean I, I remember just listening to the Don't You Forget About Me song time after time and just trying to learn the drum lick and trying to just groove with what you know that whole that I mean it was a huge part of my trying to get tight as drummer. And not yeah. only that, mm. The Breakfast Club was such an intellectual movie. Oh, yeah. And a spiritually moving movie that that song was connected to that. 
Unbelievable. So it's even bigger again, you know. Absolutely. You're exactly right. Yeah, the the marriage of that, that film, yeah, the marriage yeah. of the film and that song just that that sort of formed the the icon status of both, you know. They they pushed each other right up there, didn't they? I this is going to sound weird, but this is a not a fake story. This is a real story that happened to me and I couldn't believe it and no one else cared. In my school, in, in my school, and I, I have a picture. Awesome. I have a picture to prove it, so it's not bullshit. Yep. The movie comes out. Mm-hmm. That whole era is is movies. I lived in Sacramento, California, which is about six hours from L.A. Yeah. So to me, those movies like Fast Times at Ridgemont High were real. It yes. wasn't. It wasn't. I had friends from other places going. Does anyone actually act like that? I'm like my entire school. <laughs> yeah, like- is they're like, yeah, like, my, you're like, uh, it's a documentary. It, it, it really was almost like us with an old video recorder going around. I'm like, Spicoli is my friend, Justin. Okay, cool. <laughs> so when, when the whole detention thing happened, right, with like Breakfast Club and all that, I was, I was just tripping. I'm like, that was like our detentions. But here's the real story. So imagine the song coming out, killing it. Imagine the drum fill and things that you're, the Cheney's talking about. Then imagine all that influence of like, Okay, I love the band. I love the movie. I love, even I thought it was weird that Pretty and Pink is a psychedelic first. Weird song. Pretty and Pink. It's just called Pretty and Pink. That was Pretty and Pink. That was another movie. I know, but but, but wait, wait, wait. The other one. There was a song there. Perfect. So Psych First, I think, did Pretty and Pink, and I thought it was the weirdest chord change ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what a weird voice. How did, I won't even go on. So the 80s movies, that's what I mean by Pretty and Pink, all these movies are in that, the same actors and stuff, right? Yeah. So Breakfast Club comes out. And I'm not kidding. I'm over at my friend Mike John's house, <laughs> walkable in California, same right vibe, in. skateboarded over, get in, and I'm shit you not, we're in seventh grade, and my friend Mike's brother, they were having, I don't know why they were doing this, who has kindergarten reunions, but they're having a kindergarten reunion for some reason. Wow. No one gave a shit, but Mrs. John's goes, she kind of sounded Kermit the Froggy. She goes, hey, everyone, I, 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 I don't want anyone to be, be weird, but um, Molly Ringwald's coming over. And I'm like, oh, what? fuck off. And I go, you would have. I go, what? <laughs> what? And remember, there's not cell phones. I'm like, Mrs. There's Johns. There's no cell phones, that's right. Mrs. Johns, is there any way? And Molly was ready to leave. And I'm like, Molly, I, <laughs> I had a crush on her. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, is there any way I can get a photo? And Mrs. Johns took the sweet Polaroid. Wow. And I was so I tell you, my childhood with that crap, like actually meeting, not her later, literally months after shit was breaking into theaters. Yeah. Like, I'm when like she's smoking hot and just so what? Cool. What? I've seen the photo. Yeah. I even I cut, believe you. And I'm sorry if that just wasted a shit no, ton of no, digital airspace. No, that's awesome. How people love to hear. This is the stuff. That one got me though, guys. I was and everyone's making fun of me, except for my my own age of, of people in, in my little junior high when I brought the Polaroid to school. I was whipping ass. Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. yeah. And she was nice. Oh yeah, no, she is. She, oh. I've heard her on podcasts. She sounds lovely. Yeah. Very family orientated girl. Anyway, that has nothing to do with anything it. except no. for music and movie, Simple Minds 80s, in the 80s. Right. So 
God dang it, good memories. <laughs> no, no, yeah, you're doing good. well at this show because we do tangent off really interesting stories. <laughs> oh, this, fuck yeah, never, we go right off. We know everything. We just tan and have these fantastic stories that as kids and that have developed you and you oh and God. your passion, you know. Yeah. And what's even cooler is we're across the world from one another. That's right. That's what I love. It's absolutely That's right. brilliant. Yeah. You know, like sometimes, sometimes sort of technology can really, pi- really piss you off, and and um, you you wonder sort of, you know, is this world better because of all the all the technology that we are integrated with? And then other times you can do things like this, which are just a miracle, really. Absolutely. So I thought we might play a bit of Simple Minds just to break up the energy, and. Uh, Give everyone a taste of this song, which is a ripper. Simple Minds. Listening to the Eddie's montage, that was Simple Minds. And how excited are we to have these two beautiful boys in the studio tonight, in the hotel room in New Zealand? It is a studio because it can be anywhere these days, folks. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It can be. <laughs> and thank you for calling us beautiful. Yeah. Oh, you are, though. Well. Really cool. Really as, cool. As you. Oh, it's just been such an amazing experience, hasn't it? <laughs> yes. Now, I want to know when Collective Soul, let's get back on track. I want to know when Collective Soul are coming to Melbourne. We are going to at some point, guarantee, we have to. We, we tried to. There was a little bit of a, of a conflict. If I don't want to speak out of line here, Chaney's obviously tour manager. Wasn't there a conflict of something we already agreed to? There was, I don't believe there was any kind of conflict other than the fact that we didn't have enough time to get it locked in. That's right. all it was. It should, and, and, it, and, you know, what's beautiful is hopefully – this hopefully 2025 or 2026 we can make a a, a you know a multi-show yeah. yes yeah like get over to australia that's brilliant mm-hmm. that's great to hear i've got to say look mel uh, you know i i do know 
that it's a big trek coming coming across to Australia. It's it, we, we are so far away from everything. I know it is a big trek for musos to come and and visit us. But look, we would be incredibly appreciative if you were to come to Australia. And uh, Melbourne really is such a great base to start your tour. It's um, Mel- Melbourne is very much the the home of live music in Australia. And um, I know you guys would just be incredible here and the crowds would just love it. Absolutely. Well, the thing is, man, <clears throat> you know, we wanted to go really bad and we tried, mm. we tried. And I, I do think we can make it happen for sure. Fantastic. I mean, Good to hear. Yeah. We would love that. That's brilliant. Well, you, now, I'm very mindful that you gentlemen have been talking to us for over like 45 minutes now and I'm sure you want to sort of break off and have a drink and do your thing. Am I right? I mean, we're pumped to talk to you, so we'll <laughs> keep going till 6 a.m. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is amazing. This is Run amazing. Run out of database. Um, no, nah, it's, it's absolutely brilliant, guys. Well, thank we you. really appreciate your time. It, it's um, It's been huge just to chat with you. What I love most of all is just how – Musicians are just the same breed. It's like we're from the same family or, you know, there's that that familiarity straight away and uh, you meet, you know, you meet your people regardless of where they're from in the world and it's um, it's there's just that beautiful warm feeling of familiarity. So thank you very much for coming on the show and chatting to us tonight, Johnny and Shaney. Thank you very much. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, thank you so much. And don't forget, as you said, the journey is far it's not just on you guys. It's it's also on us. The journey to st- the states is far, but we want to see Pseudo Echo and and the bands from Australia over in the states. Yeah, we really want to to see that. And and so thank you for, you know, I had a chance to go tour Australia with with Roland Corporation for years, but this has been a exciting thing doing it in a band. So thanks for having us on the show as well, guys. Yeah, look, it's been Brilliant. amazing. Yeah, you guys have been wonderful to us, and we we can't thank you enough. Yeah. Seriously. Oh, that's brilliant. Thank you very much. Just the, the industry and talking about the industry like this is really rare to find on a podcast. Mental health and, and, and stuff like that and, and we, there's no egos involved and you're just telling it how it is, you know. And I think it's really important for musos when they do get to this level to understand that it's not easy and, and it's something that is also very rewarding. You know, which is awesome. That's right. It's like we say, Sammy. It's not all tits it's and not feathers. Not all tits is and it? feathers. That's right. I like that idea. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, if only it was, boys. Rat. If only it was. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Absolutely brilliant. You guys. Thank you, Johnny and Chaney from Collective. Thank Soul. you very you, much. You're just yeah. fantastic. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you very much. A big shout out to all our listeners all around the world, um, especially those Collective Soul bands uh, fans. Um, guys, big shout out to our subscribers and also our Patreons. You can become a Patreon for as little as a dollar fifty a month. It's not much, and then you become part of this little club and you get the extra episodes. So it's absolutely brilliant. So thank you to our existing Patreons. Become a subscriber, guys. It's the easiest thing you can do. Just click subscribe rather than listen to the one odd episode. Become a subscriber and jump on board for as long as you can. And please like, share, rate and review. Write us a little message in the review section. It really pushes us up the charts and gets the message out there. Absolutely, especially on iTunes and Spotify. If you'd like to become a Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash the 80s montage 
podcast and anything on Rewind 80s Band, rewind80sband.com. We've got a heap of gigs coming up in March while Sudo's on, on holidays and you can come along and get your tickets and uh, have a great night. Really looking forward to seeing you all, guys, and we will see you next week. I hope you've enjoyed it. We've absolutely loved it. And if it's music mateys... Or cool shit from the 80s... We're going to talk about it. Unreal. Unreal.